Late last year, Celestis Memorial Space Flights announced their next flight. Dubbed the Enterprise mission, it will see the remains of several Star Trek luminaries journeying into the final frontier on the Vulcan Centaur rocket. Since the announcement, I've had the pleasure of interviewing friends and family members of the late great cast and crew who will be blasting off next month. Throughout the months of April and May, I'll be releasing those interviews. Douglas Trumbull is a special effects legend, getting his start on Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey and moving on to films like The Andromeda Strain, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and Star Trek The Motion Picture. Trumbull is going to space on the Enterprise mission, and his widow Julia joined me to talk about his legacy. I'm T. Rick Jones, and this is your Daily Star Trek News. So we're here actually to talk about um, uh, your husband's uh, Doug. Uh, yes. Was he a Star Trek fan? Well, he he worked on Star Trek the movie. He got landed yeah. with that uh, job, and it was very very intense. Uh, I think they ended up having two or three crews around the clock to finish that by deadline. Wow! And uh, you know, as you know, it was quite compromised. So fortunately, this past year, they were able to do a a brand new director's cut and go back into some of the old footage. And, um, you know, Gene Kaziki and Darren Doctorman um, did a lot of work on that, you know, with the um, David C. Fine was uh, producing that. And um, it's quite, have you seen it? Uh, I have not seen the new director's cut yet. No, it's I'm, beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah, see it on a large screen yeah. in you know three D. It's just it's it's gorgeous. Yeah, I can't wait. Even I, if I, it's you know it's it's not as fast paced because of its time. Sure, but it's 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 beautiful. I think it is a woefully underrated film. I think um, it there's a lot of good stuff in Star mm-hmm. Trek picture i love it so yeah yeah it's a fun show yeah it <laughs> definitely is so when did you and doug meet oh boy we met about 30 years ago or something oh okay Even longer than that yeah um i was a neighbor of uh a friend of uh, someone that worked with him and that that person had a birthday party and ann and doug trumbull or Doug's wife Ann was still alive then, and we became uh, friends, family friends, all together. Oh wow! And they were good friends of my children, and yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so, um, how when did when did you get married? Got married in uh, twenty twenty no twenty oh two. Wow. Yeah his his wife passed away, and um, that was really sad for all of us. Sure. And he was devastated and. He was going to leave the Berkshires. He was going to, you know, just take off. He was so upset, but then it changed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he got stuck here. <laughs> it's hard to leave the Berkshires. <laughs> it, mean, is. it is. Yeah. It is hard. I've been trying all my life and I never seem to get out of here. <laughs> um. So how did he get interested in in uh, what they used to call VFX, visual effects? How did he get interested in that line of work? Well, he was always interested in art and architecture. And as a kid, he was always drawing and building and experimenting and inventing. And his dad, I don't know if you know, Don Trumbull, um, worked 
in in the movie business a short time before he went back into the aerospace industry. Yeah. Um, but um, so Doug was already, you know, being born in L.A., he was already exposed to it. Um, and then as a kid, he loved to draw and and he went to work at uh, Graphic Films doing a lot of drawings for NASA. And um, so he was already doing it, you know, the space and the imaginative and the technical drawings. And um, when Stanley Kubrick hired that that group for um, doing some preliminary illustrations, um, he was right on it. He was, you know, he was doing all of those. And then Stanley decided to shut that down and go back to England. And Doug, you know, called Stanley up and said, hey, I've been doing all these things for you and I want to keep working on it. Yeah. And Stanley sent uh, sent him a ticket to come over, and and that was the beginning. That's the big beginning. Cool. <laughs> and two thousand one is another great film. It um, is. It's it's a beautiful film. You know, and I love I love Doug's work on it. Yeah, he was always about about the 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 deep space. <laughs> he was all always about the you know the planets and the stars and the the wanderings beyond and he had a, he had a very good imagination for even in 2001 when he did Jupiter and we hadn't seen these things yet sure and and his illustrations of Jupiter were amazing and very accurate for never having seen Jupiter and the same thing with the moon although Stanley argued with him about the moon texture Doug was right who <laughs> <laughs> won Stanley did, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> but Doug has photographs of his textures. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he, you say he was always interested in deep space, and he did drawings for NASA, which is cool. Was he influenced at all, um, also by his father's work uh, in aerospace? Oh, sure, sure. But his father wasn't an artist like Doug. Sure. What did his father do? Um, he was more of a technician. Oh, okay. Okay, great. So, but, great guy. Uh, great guy. Yeah, um, but Doug Doug was was influenced by by his his dad's work. That's and that's, his and his mother's his his mother was an artist. Oh, okay. And so he he got you know the genetic influence big time. Best know? best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, what he did. I mean, the only Star Trek he ever did was was Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and his work is gorgeous. Does he, yes. does he have any? Did you hear any stories, or were you, were you aware of any any stories he had about behind the scenes? It was just very, very intense. They were under the gun, and um, it was a very hard um, project to first of all come on after it had already been started and not fulfilled by the the team before him um but he he did enjoy the um the freedom that he had to do some of the directing himself and the creatives himself and uh, it was very intensive and he ended up i think in the hospital afterwards because it was it was just non-stop wow. um but they got it done and fortunately with the new release that's um, that came out this year, um, they were able to go back into the archives and pull up some of the old work and and re-enter it into the film where there hadn't been time to do it before. 
was he involved at all in in that before he died? Um, only I'm, only just in in um, talking to them. He didn't do any of the actual work. No, Darren Dockerman um, is terrific. Yeah, he's just an amazing guy. And and Gene Kuziki went in back into the archives and pulled out things that it was just a lot of research and a lot of hard work that they did to get this done. Just backtracking a little for people who are listening and don't know this. Um, Doug, Doug was actually, his company was actually approached originally to do Star Trek, the motion picture. Right. And he was, um, uh, I don't know. Um, I had I read know. that online. Um, he was approached to do star Wars. Oh, okay. I, and- I thought I had read, he was approached to do, he was, he was doing ET or something at the time. Not ET. No, but- I, I think it was star Wars you're thinking of because he okay. turned George down because he had already made commitments to, um, to Steven and to um, Ridley so that he was already all jammed up with other projects. Oh, he, was doing, he did Alien, right? He was working on Alien. I, I don't really remember, but I know his dad went up and worked on Star Wars with that team. Okay, cool. Cool. And then they, so they brought in this other company that who had only ever done commercials. Yeah, and- it was really stupid. And it was just all botched up. Yeah, It was a mess. And they really had to go in and start over, it, which is tragic. You know, that's... Yeah. And so they had a huge crunch of time and and uh, money to get it done. So, but they did. But they did, and it looks yeah. gorgeous. Um, so he was a, he was a very talented guy. He was, you know, I love watching watching movies that he worked on because well, it was just he was wonderful just to watch him work or, and think and yeah. just he woke up every day with more ideas. <laughs> The creative guy sure was and always <laughs> inventing something yeah that's that's cool did um uh did he have a favorite project that he worked on a favorite film um doesn't have to be star trek the motion picture it could be any anything you, know, you, you know my guess uh, you know i think 2001 was the most um life-changing for him and he adored Stanley and working with Stanley. And I think it's, you know, probably, I mean, he was 23 years old. And I think that just because at that time he was able to grow so much himself that, you know, I think that probably that was a favorite experience. Um, of course, he loved working on, you know, when he did um, Silent Running, there was a million dollar cap on it it was an experimental movie oh, and wow. i think and i love that he loved those challenges too and it it's because he had to be more inventive and creative and and i think that was fun and brainstorm i i love brainstorm um and i think that was was a great experience for him too i think you know he loved doing his own challenges and and uh, work too so um i I would say 2001, but you know he also loved you know the other the other projects he worked on. Sure. He just got into anything that he was doing. You know he was really full into them. That's great. Um, so uh, skipping forward, um, he passed away last year, I believe, right? Pretty recently. February seventh, two thousand and twenty-one. Yeah, um, I remember. I believe we covered it um, at the time. Um, uh, you know, it was very, it's always sad when we lose a member of the Star Trek family. Um, 
And uh, my condolences to you. I'm sure that was not an easy time for you. Uh, how did how did um, he? How did you and he get involved in the Celestis project? Did you approach them? Did they approach you? They approached me. Yeah, um, I couldn't think of anything that would be more appropriate. I think yeah. it's just amazing. I yeah. think it's amazing what they do and the fact that the you know huge Star Trek um, component, you know, it's just it's just it's just kind of perfect. And I think it's a, a a really exciting program that they offer to people to be able to. Um, it's more for the people that are left, actually. Sure. You know, I mean, I don't believe that you know Doug is you know up there. I, I you know I think he's dead. Um, right. wish he wasn't, but I think he is. <laughs> um, if he were alive, he did he want to go to space? I mean, would that be something that he'd be like, Yeah, I'm, I'm I think he liked, I think he liked, um, creating space and imagining space. I don't think he ever wanted to, you know, get in a rocket ship and fly out there. Um, not that he didn't like to fly, he did, he loved it. Um, and he had a glider at one point in his life and he loved it water too um but i think he liked creating it more than anything but i you know if if given you know uh do you want to go or not he might have said yes <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell um, he loved to he loved to sail yeah oh that's very cool so so he sailed he had a glider which i didn't know which is very cool mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yep wow he's uh you know he had that's that's interesting. A, a lot of the people I've talked to have enjoyed flying in some capacity. Um, I talked to uh, Wendy Dewan, James Dewan's widow, and she said the same thing. He loved to fly. Yeah. Uh, Gene Roddenberry flew. A lot of the Star Trek people. Well, Gene was in the in the service, right? He, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then he so was cool. a commercial pilot for a while. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a great it's a great uh, program I think yeah. that uh, Celestis is offering, and um, it's amazing how uh, popular and important it is to people too. Sure. Yeah. Are you going up? Are they sending your DNA up? Well, they did send me a little packet to you know to do all this swabbing stuff, and I'm telling you, I've been doing so much swabbing for the past three years. I was over swabbed, <laughs> so I didn't do it, and I didn't do it, and I didn't do it. And finally, they said, you know, you can just send us a chunk of your hair. So I actually cut my hair off <laughs> <laughs> and did send them that. I was just like, I just wasn't getting to it, you know. I don't know. If you had one word or phrase uh, that described Doug's legacy, what would it be? Um, Doug was very um, encouraging of of other people, of oh. of filmmakers and inventors and explorers and sky watchers, um, and I don't know what what would explain in that. But he was he was really um, not only a mentor, but um, you know, a teacher for so many people, and he cared so much about people, which is unusual for someone that was so creative and in his brain so much. Yeah, inspirational. He was, you know, he inspired others to to think beyond the, the their own limits that they had set, you know, to think beyond the box or 
upside down. He he used to tell a story of one time Stanley Kubrick was asking him to look at something and um, they were just struggling. Maybe it was a star child. I can't remember what the project was they were trying to get to. And he actually stood on his hands in the room and looked at it upside down. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, that's kind of unusual for Doug. I never saw him stand on his hands, but um, thinking outside the box and beyond, um, you know, pushing the edges. Yeah. I think that's really what he he liked to do. That's cool. I mean, I, I suppose when you're when you're in his line of business, you have to look at things a little bit differently, right? Upside down or. Well, in any business and then, you know, you want to look at and other options and other ideas and, and, and don't limit yourself. Yeah. The Enterprise Mission is looking to blast off in June or July and you'll be able to stream it live. For the latest on the flight schedule, head over to www.celestis.com slash launch-schedule-slash-enterprise-flight. The link will be in the show notes. Next time, I'll be talking to friends of model maker Greg Jine.